Hello and welcome back to The, the Mentors. Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey. And today you are actually going to be listening to a rebroadcast episode entitled How to Ask for Help. Now why did we decide to share this episode with you again? It's actually one of our early episodes that we recorded in the first six months of the show. So most of you probably haven't heard it. I mean, look, when you go to the gym, you don't just get in shape and you stop working out and stay in shape. When you go to a therapist, you don't just get better. Well, actually, the hope is that you get better, but it is something that you need to continuously do. And something that we need to continuously do personally is remind ourselves of the lessons that we talk about in this show. So actually, we're rebroadcasting this as much for you as we are for ourselves. And I was recently talking to a friend and she was telling me how she felt a bit awkward because she was getting a lot of help about a personal problem from a couple of very good friends and they were just giving up a lot of their time just to help her. And that made me think about the countless times that I've asked for help, whether it's a startup that I'm working on this particular podcast and a new project or initiative or even within a job that I might have, right? Going to ask for help from somebody in a different department, sometimes feeling like you might be bothering them and not wanting to do it, but ultimately realizing that you have to. And the thing is, when you're working on any creative pursuit, or really when you're trying to achieve anything in life, it does not happen in a vacuum. I believe I say that in the first few minutes of the episode you're about to hear. It's impossible to really move the ball forward on anything of importance or anything of potential impact without getting people around you to help you toward that cause. In this episode, we're going to make it really easy for you to make the first move to actually ask for help. We're going to give you ways to make it easier for yourself to do it. And by the end of the episode, hopefully you're not going to feel bad about asking for help and it'll help you get maybe unstuck from something that you've been trying to do, but you've been trying to do it alone and that's just not getting you to where you want to be. As always, we give you very specific examples of how successful people still continue to do that so that you can get direct feedback on how you shouldn't feel bad about doing that as well. If you find value in this episode, all we ask of you today is to share it with one friend that you think might find it valuable as well by going into your podcast app, clicking on share and emailing it or WhatsApping it or just Instagram messaging it to one friend that you think might find it useful. Thanks so much for listening and please enjoy this episode. Back to another welcome. Welcome back to the mentors. To the mentors. Let me know if that's annoying and we should stop. This is Sergey and Vadim of The Mentors, and this is a show where we tell stories of ordinary people that became extraordinary entrepreneurs despite lack of experience, money, or connections. And today, it's just the two of us little cute potatoes. We can make it if we try, just the two of us. Do you and I. Or you and me, or is it you and... I don't know what's grammatically correct, but we're foreigners, so we're allowed. We're allowed. And we don't actually know the lyrics to that song beyond that particular lyric. But yes, it is just the two of us today. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes you... I mean, are we not enough for you? Is that it? Yeah, seriously. Is is that it right now? Do you not like us? Because we need validation from you. No. (laughs) No. Uh, Today's episode is going to be about 
how to ask for help. And we're inspired to talk about this today for a few reasons. One being that it's Thanksgiving in the U.S. this week, and we wanted to take the opportunity to give thanks to a few folks that we will towards the end of the episode that helped us along the way uh, in this journey of creating a podcast, of creating our own brand, and hopefully creating content that's useful to you, the listener. And nobody does it alone. Nobody does it alone. And we realize that the process of asking for help is not natural for a lot of people. I mean, certainly when we were uh, wee little young wee lads, young little laddies, (laughs) when we we were college students. In Ireland. (laughs) We've never even been to Ireland. Uh, Well, we had a a layover in Shannon, Ireland when we were moving to America. So we were technically in the terrestrial territory. But asking for help even for us was not natural. We became better at it, especially as we got into sales and learned how to ask for anything. And it, you kind of get desensitized to it, but it is there is a bit of an art to it, and we've learned along the years how to do it. And we'd like to impart that on you because, again, uh, nothing happens in a vacuum. And the sooner you become comfortable with asking for help, the sooner you will receive that help, and hopefully, it can propel you to heights that you didn't even imagine. As with anything else, there are effective and productive ways of asking for help, and Ways of doing it where you just annoy the other person and maybe even burn a bridge. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't want to be annoying. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this episode is to help you figure out how to not be annoying. I mean, actually, I will say that asking for help and being annoying is better than not asking for help at all. Dare I say? Dare I say, yes. Dare I say? Because, this, you know, one out of ten times that person will get help. Zero out of ten times the person that doesn't ask will get help, right? But... If you are good at it, if you're tactful, you are going to get more chances of getting responses from people that are important that can actually impact your life. But if you're like almost everybody else, you're probably shy about it. You feel awkward. You feel like maybe you're asking for too much or why should this person give me their time of day? They're so busy or they're so successful or have this expertise. I mean, who am I? Uh, But there's actually a lot of reasons for that and why it's it is actually absolutely okay to ask for help from people that are more successful and expert than you and have already done it in the past. So the first question is before I can ask somebody else for help or before we can think about the tactics of how can I be effective at asking for help, how do I even get over that self-doubt that prevents me from doing it in the first place? The first thing to keep in mind is everyone else has been there before. Anybody that's successful, unless they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, but even then, even if they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, they had to figure out how to get to where they are. They had to figure out how to capitalize on whatever opportunities they had or advantages they had, and they had to learn. And at some point or another, somebody else helped them along the way. Again, maybe they had certain advantages, but still, they didn't do it alone. So, yes, you have to ask somebody for help right now, and you're the one that's at a disadvantage, but the people that you're asking for help have also been there before. And so that hopefully will remove a little bit of the pressure of, well, I'm worthless or I haven't succeeded yet. Why should they respond? Well, keep in mind, they're human too. They've been there before. Another thing that you can do if you're doubting yourself and and why you should ask somebody for help is actually help somebody else that may be in need of your expertise or your assistant. If you're just a student, for example, and maybe you're good at math, Offer to tutor somebody else at math and help them without really expecting anything else in return. It'll it'll prove to you that you have some value to offer, and then you'll feel less bad about asking somebody else for something. The other thing is much, and this is similar to the fact that other people have been there in the past and needed help, is other people have felt self-doubt just like you. 
even successful people, after they succeed, there's going to be another point in their life, uh, maybe very quickly, where they start feeling self-doubt. You hear this all the time where somebody, let's say, becomes really wealthy or gets that sort of ultimate pinnacle of success. Let's say it's an exit or fame or whatever it is. And then there's the now what moment. What do I do now? Now that I've achieved something, where do I go from here? And self-doubt might creep in even if you've already been successful. And so keep in mind then that self-doubt is something that never really goes away. Sometimes you it, it, it kind of haunts you less, so to speak, or it becomes less a part of you, but it doesn't matter who you are. It's just part of the human condition is self-doubt. So one way to get over it is understanding that it's just a feeling and sometimes there's ways to curb it, but it's okay if it never fully goes away. And I mean, honestly, repetition, it's like the, if you are going to be a doctor and the first time you're ever in the operating room or you're working on a cadaver as a student, like that's a shell shock for a lot of people. But the more, I mean, this is getting kind of graphic, but the more bodies you see and you work with, the more desensitized you get to that. And honestly, it's the same thing with asking for help. The more you do it, the easier it becomes and you get over that self-doubt. And even uh, we we recently, when we interviewed Jared Freed, he was asked a similar question, how do I uh, offer value if I don't have a lot of experience? And he himself talks a lot about how to get help from other people by offering value to them at first. And the way he did it is before he was a successful comedian, he offered to write for other people for free for other publications in exchange for promoting his own content and helping him get a platform. He didn't get paid for it, but he ended up growing his audience that way and getting an audience for his comedy. So he offered his writing skills for that. You could offer introductions to somebody that that person may want to be introduced to. You could do some research on a particular topic that somebody might find helpful and then offer that research or the results of that research for free to that person in exchange for help to you or a phone call for you or anything else. So definitely figuring out how to offer value, even if you don't necessarily, you know, you're not a renowned expert in that field or you don't have a ton of value to offer, you absolutely can create some sort of value if you just think about it hard enough and become a little bit creative. And the last piece of advice that we'll give you on how to get over self-doubt is weighing the risk and the potential reward. And understanding that the risk is actually nothing. What's the worst that can possibly happen if you ask somebody for help? They'll ignore you or they won't respond. Or maybe there's a small chance that you're starting to build a relationship with somebody and that at some point down the line, they will help you or maybe you'll think of a way that you can help them and then establish that relationship. There's really no risk in trying, but you'll never know until you do try. I work at NYU now on the venture investment team, so I get a lot of inbound requests for help for advice. And I'll tell you, I have never, never have I once thought, oh, who is this person asking me for help or what's the value they can offer me? That is not what goes into the equation. Now, we will go into a couple of things that do go into the equation when somebody is considering whether they should help you or not. And because we want to increase the likelihood that you actually get somebody to help you, and there's definitely a couple of tips and tricks to do that. So once you get past that mental barrier in your mind and get over it, and now you're ready to ask for help, maybe you even made a list of people that you can reach out to, whether it's via email or meet at a networking event and approach, whatever the medium is, how can you be more effective in asking for help and increases the chances that they'll respond? Well, the first thing is akin to and and similar to what Sergey talked about in terms of adding value, but Think about whatever you can possibly use in your background or experience or your networks or whatever it is to help you get a little bit of an advantage. And so for us, for example, after we graduated college, we thought of this idea of starting an incubator at our university. What's the very first thing we did, Sergey, to 
validate that idea or to even try to get help from the university to make it come to life. Well, I tell you what you do. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. We scheduled a meeting with the director of the business chair at the school who actually tried to start a similar business before this, and we talked to them. Uh, then we scheduled meetings with other entrepreneurs uh, that actually had been alumni at the school. And how did we schedule meetings with them? How did we get agreement from them to talk to us? Very simple. Hi, we're alumni from Bentley University, and we have this new idea we want to discuss with you, given your expertise in the space. That's it. The only tiny little bit of advantage that we had in that scenario was the fact that we were alumni of the same school and therefore somehow tangentially we were in the same network. So try to come up with something that you have or that you can mention to increase the chances of somebody responding to you or engaging with you. I mean, right? I, really something that sets you apart from the tons of other emails that that person is getting. Right. If you're reaching out via email. We actually had another time that Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, famous hey, Gary. entrepreneur. Hey, Gary. Um, Definitely not listening to this no. right now. Well, maybe he is. Mm. But uh, there was a time that we actually got him to respond to help answer a business question that we had years and years ago. Again, when we were at this stage of our sort of entrepreneurial career where we recently graduated, we had no experience. And what could we have possibly mentioned to increase the chance of him responding? Well, I'll read the email to you, or at least part of the email that I sent him that actually got him to respond. I said, first of all, the subject of the email was, you're the man, with an exclamation point. So I was striking, I was stroking his ego a little bit. And you're definitely going to get somebody's attention when you say you're the man. True. And this was back in 2009. And I emailed him saying, just read the New York Times article about you. I'm not even a wine guy, but I'm an aspiring entrepreneur and find you very inspiring, parentheses, seen some of your motivational videos before. Felt really compelled to email you when I found out you're from Belarus and came here when you were young. I moved to the U.S. with my family from Belarus when I was eight. And then I went on to ask him the question that I had, but he ended up responding to me a couple days later saying, Vadim, thanks so much. What year did you come here? And we kind of started engaging about our backgrounds a little bit. And it wasn't too much back and forth, but he didn't have to respond to my email, and he certainly wouldn't respond at all, given that he gets, at this point, he was already becoming very successful. He had a best-selling book. He was a sought-after motivational speaker. Why would he respond to some kid, 24-year-old kid that was emailing him? Well, I found some common ground, the fact that we're both from Belarus and the fact that we both came to America when we were about eight or nine, and that compelled him to respond. So think about whatever you can use to your advantage to get the person to engage with you, and there's going to be a higher chance that they're going to help out. Now, there are other ways to to get people to respond and to get people to help you. And I'll tell you that from my perspective and Medim as well, especially because we work with a lot of students, we mentor, we're investors, so we got a lot of people asking us for help. But guess what? It's much easier for us to respond to somebody if they make us feel like they're actually serious about the thing that they're asking us about, right? If we feel like somebody is just generally looking for advice and they're being really generic when they're reaching out to us and they just want help, well, sure, anybody needs help. But show me that you are more than just somebody that seeks help. Show me that you are actually going to do something with that information and execute on it. So how do you do that? How do you make somebody feel like you're actually serious about the thing that you're pursuing and they should spend their time and actually help you because you're going to do something with that information? Well, one way to do that is to, let's say if you're trying to reach somebody and they're not responding to you, follow up with the progress that you've made on what you're working on, right? If you're asking for advice or for help or introduction or whatever it is, say, hey, 
By the way, just following up, I know you're busy. Just to let you know, here's an update. Here's how I'm moving the ball forward and actually putting in the work. And I'm serious about this. Maybe now is a better opportunity to ask you for your help. Yeah, and then that initial outreach, maybe you show a website that you've built. Maybe you talk about the team that you've put together to work on this concept or this idea or whatever you're asking help about. Show somebody that you've actually somehow moved forward or you've done something beyond just, hey, I'm looking for help. I'm actually I'm actually trying to create something and I'm somebody that is going to do this with or without your help. You don't want to necessarily say that, but that's the feeling that you want to evoke in somebody is this person is going to actually do something about this. And also people are excited to help other people that are actually taking initiative and progressing. And if they're seeing that you're building something interesting that might motivate them to actually respond to you because they want to get in on the ground floor of something that could potentially be big. And that's one of the motivations for them to even respond to you in the first place. Yes, be helpful. Yes, understanding that they've been there before as well. And so it's a matter of giving back. But then the third thing is, well, maybe this guy or girl is going to be successful. So they seem like somebody serious. Let me follow up with them and engage in a conversation at the very least for 15, 30 minutes of my time. Now, we're, we're trying to help you think of ways to increase the likelihood of somebody helping you and how you can ask for help effectively. And I think another major thing that we need to mention here is that you want to do the work for the person when you're reaching out to them. You don't want to make them guess about how they can help you. So one, how do you do the work for them? Well, be very explicit about what it is that you need from them, the one thing that you need from them. We've talked about this before in our effective email communication episodes. But the other thing is, is be specific about why they're the person that can uniquely help you on this thing. Somebody that gets a lot of requests for helps, when they're thinking in their head whether they should reply to somebody or whether they should help somebody, they are wondering, will I be helpful or will this be a waste of time for both of us? So if you do the work for them and tell them exactly why they're the person that's uniquely helpful to you, they'll be that much more likely to want to help you over a phone call, a meeting, or some or email interaction, whatever it might be. So the three ways to increase the chances of somebody actually following up with you and giving you the help that you need once you get over the fear of asking somebody for help is one, use whatever you can to your advantage, given your background or the place in life that you're at. Two, show that you're serious and show that you're actually making this a reality with or without them. And three, be as specific as possible as to why you're reaching out and why this person is the one that's going to help you. And in order to kind of bring the point home, we wanted to read you an email to an entrepreneur and angel investor, Jeff Stewart, that we sent a couple of years ago that actually helped us land free office space in New York City. Yeah. That's the help that we needed. We were working on a business. We, I think we've talked about this story briefly before, but we needed office space to be more productive and we couldn't pay for that office space. And so this is what we wrote to try to get that help. So the subject was quick question. And the email is very simple. Hi, Jeff. I'm one of the founders of a startup here in New York City, parentheses, Tacit, with a link to the website if he wants to learn more. And my partner and I are looking for a few desks or an office for a couple of months. I thought I'd reach out in case you or anyone you might know has some space. We've been bootstrapping our business for about a year and are not funded yet, but we can pay some amount that you'd be comfortable with in rent and can offer some free sales training for your team while we're there. Let me know if you'd be interested in discussing. Short email, a simple ask, a little bit of background about what we are, and of course, some value that we can offer in the form of maybe a little bit of money, but again, we're a startup, we don't have much, and more importantly, free sales training. 
In that really quick email, Vadim showed that not only is this just an idea, we've been working on it for a while, but he, again, he showed the value and he was very specific about what it is that we needed. He didn't beat around the bush. And I think that's why just about a few days later, Jeff responded. Now, mind you, before we read that response, we did have a plan to follow up. You know, we had been engaging some interesting customers at this point with our software. We had a co-founder. We built a solution. We were getting money for it. So we were going to reveal that in future emails to him to show him that we're serious. That was plan B, but fortunately, we didn't even need to get there. And we actually also sent this to about 49 other people. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Jeff responded a few days later saying, yes, we are at, and he gave us the address. He gave us his phone number and said, if you're looking for a deal where you don't pay until or if you get funded, please send some more information on the business. I'm also an angel investor, so fine to work out something if it makes sense. So there he gave us a few options. And most importantly, he gave us his phone number, which Sergey picked up the phone and called right away. We had a meeting with him. We worked out terms that worked. And we actually ended up getting free office space from him for a year. But think about it. If we weren't super specific and upfront about the fact that we're a bootstrap startup, we can't really afford to pay rent, all of this stuff, trying to prove value, he would have never replied in that super specific way. So we, by doing the work for him in telling him how he can help us, he was able to be helpful without spending too much time thinking about it because he was actually a very, very busy guy, already had a successful business. He sold another one that he was building. And so again, do the work for the people. And when we were actually there, I don't think we ever ended up doing any uh, sales training for them, but we were in the same space as employees. And whenever they asked for uh, feedback on their product or for us to test a bug that they were working on, we were a few desks away and we helped in any way that we could because he was helping us a lot as well. And we knew now that we had an angel investor that could potentially introduce us to other investors if we ever got a business to that point. So hopefully these tips will actually help you not hesitate next time you think about asking for help and and give you a framework for how you can actually start asking for help. And speaking of asking for help, we would be remiss if we didn't send a bunch of thank yous, big thank yous this year, especially in the spirit of Thanksgiving to a lot of people that helped us along the way of starting the Mentors Podcast. We wouldn't be able to do it alone. And we wanted to give you guys also these examples of uh, people that helped us along the way because it's a very recent example. This all happened in the last uh, 10 months. And again, we couldn't do this without them. We couldn't make this podcast a reality or even make it succeed or grow without people helping us out along the way. And so uh, we want to give a bunch of thanks to four people specifically. The first people that saw that we had potential and uh, really believed in what we were doing was Georgia Mihaila, Director of Marketing at Goldcast, or at least that's what she was doing at the time. That, that was the first publication that let us be contributing authors and the first our first channel of getting listeners to the show. It's it's the reason why we grew from 50 to, in the beginning, at least a couple hundred listeners within, within the course of about a month or two. And when I reached out to Georgie, it was a cold email. She didn't have to take a chance on me, but luckily we've been published before, we've been writers before, and more importantly... I helped connect her to the fact that Goalcast and the mentors have the same idea, which is create content for people to motivate them to execute on their goals and dreams. After Goalcast, I'd like to thank Tanya Klitsch, who is one of the editors at Forbes. 
when we reached out to Forbes to be contributing authors, I had written one article for them on behalf of the Venture for America organization where I had worked. And I, although it wasn't an easy process, we had to pitch a bunch of ideas, write a bunch of articles in order to get accepted onto Forbes. They gave us a chance, and it's part of the reason why we're contributing authors there. So thank you, Tanya. Another huge thank you for Jordan Harbinger, who we met this summer, who has a really popular podcast called The Jordan Harbinger Show. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Check it out. It's incredibly fun. He interviews incredible people. And we met Jordan at the Podcast Movement Conference, and we had reached out to him, and he graciously offered to, well, we actually asked him to do a shout out of our show on his show because he mentioned at the conference that that's one way to grow your audience and he not only gave a shout out he did it in the middle of his episode and it was about 30 second shout out that he gave to the mentors and it definitely helped us in a way that he probably doesn't even realize so thank you jordan and last but not least, we want to thank Sarah Green Carmichael, executive editor at Harvard Business Review. Some of you guys may have seen we were recently published on hbr.org talking about how to motivate your team to grow their data skills. But the article is really about inspiring and motivating teams. And uh, we met Sarah Green Carmichael at the podcast movement as well, approached her completely cold, uh, told her that uh, we've been writers on Forbes, told her that as a venture investor and as an entrepreneurship uh, lecturer that we have some expertise and we were hoping to pitch her some ideas. When I followed up with an email a week later, she responded the same day. We ended up working on a couple of concepts for an article and a few months later, we of course got published on Harvard Business Review. And again, somebody that took a chance on us just because we approached them cold, but if we didn't ask for help from any four of these people, we would never have uh, some of the awesome opportunities that we've had over the last year. So you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to use whatever you can to your advantage and then add value along the way to then get help from other people to you know, help you out with your business or your brand or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So that's our challenge for you this week. If you need help, ask for it. If we can help you in any way, definitely email us, ask us for help. One thing we can do is actually help you with your email copy that if you're trying to ask others for help. So email us at sergey at thementors.co or vadim at thementors.co with a compelling email and a reason why you think we could be helpful and we'll definitely reply to you. And of course, take a second this week as you go home for the holidays to think about who's been especially helpful to you this past year in helping you in your life in any way. I'm sure you can think of at least one person that helped you get out of a rut or helped you progress in some way personally or in your business. And send them a quick thank you this week. Make them know that uh, you appreciate the value they, they added to your life. Thanks so much for listening to The Mentors, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>